Good day and welcome to the Cincy Slangin' Bearcat Podcast. I'm Coomer, joined as always by Hummer. Hummer, what's up, buddy? Coomer, I'm upset. I'm hurt. Uh, I'm I'm at a loss for words when it when it comes to this feeling of despair and hopelessness that accompanies you know that a young man gets when he's just he's rejected too many times in life by football coaches who apparently don't want to coach at his school um i don't know if that's the truth but i'm i'm saddened by what seems to be the lack of of interest in Deion sanders from from our own own university ranks maybe maybe not i don't know i don't know um apparently we can't even land a wide receivers coach from ohio state uh, we, we don't even know if we can get a, a guy from Kent state, uh, Buffalo, um, you know, Mac nation who, you know, they play on Wednesdays and no one seems to want an upgrade to Saturdays. I, I you know what though, we're moving to the big 12. We've got a war chest coming. It's a great day to be a Cincinnati Bearcat because we just beat New Jersey Institute of technology last night in basketball. <laughs> Hummer, I was not prepared for you to actually go go full cynical, go full cynicism on the Bearcat football coaching search. But I actually think it's a good a good way to introduce the podcast episode because it's been such a wild and crazy week for Cincinnati Bearcat fans. And from a football perspective, especially with Luke Fickle leaving for Wisconsin, it's left us in a state of flux. And there's not a lot of information out there, but the information that is. Is it real? Is it legitimate? Does anybody know? John Cunningham is secret, secretive. We don't actually know what's real or fake. And so I think that's why tonight we're going to do a kind of quick hitting episode, working through our thoughts on the coaching search, trying to trying to just sort through what's real, what's not, what we should be excited about, what we should be concerned about. And I think that'll be hopefully therapeutic for our Cincinnati Bearcat brethren. Before we get into that specific topic, I did want to read our latest review. Now, I'm violating our terms of service here. I'm actually reading a review that was not a five-star review. But I want to call out this person and push back on these stars. This was a three-star review, and it, it happened in the last couple of days. I'm thinking it's someone who hasn't listened to the podcast before. The, the, the name of the reviewer is yeah boy it says stop the intro music sooner great content but cut the intro music sooner distracting for my adhd brain haha yeah boy thank you for the review and i think it's actually a good review you love the content but you need me to cut the intro music sooner and i think that is a totally fair criticism especially for the last episode here's the here's the secret that intro music tends to run through Hummer's intro, through him saying it's a great day to be a Bearcat. Here's the thing about last episode's introduction. Hummer ranted for about three minutes. So that song went for a very long time. Was it three uh, minutes? It was long. And I apologize for that because there are words to that song. And so hearing the rapping in the background of Hummer's monologue, was probably distracting. I apologize for that, but I do want you to reconsider that three-star review because if the content's great, reward us for it. I will do better 
on the intro music fading out sooner in the future. But yeah, boy, thank you for your review. For others out there listening, it is always nice to receive a five-star review on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts. That said, Hummer, we got an update from Mr. Justin Williams of The Athletic today, letting us know where the coaching search stands. We obviously were incredibly bullish on Deion Sanders as the next head coach of the Bearcats football team. There's not a lot of reason for us to think he is a legitimate candidate for the Cincinnati coaching job at this point. Yes, there are some Twitter handles floating the idea that he's deciding between Colorado and Cincinnati, but the people that we trust or the person that we trust with this information, Justin Williams, he is not included on his most recent candidate search or candidate list. I would, I'm going to run through the names quickly, and then I just kind of want to get your overarching thoughts as objective as possible about where we stand. Justin grouped them into, into a few different groups. For G5 head coaches, he looked at it as Jason Candle from Toledo, Mo Linguist from Buffalo, and Sean Lewis from Kent State. I almost forgot the one who I think is one of the favorites at this point. Power five assistants, we had Jim Leonard, who was the interim coach at Wisconsin, and he was also the defensive coordinator before that. That feels a little icky. Um, Brian Hartline from Ohio State. Since then, Brian Hartline's released a tweet saying he's not a candidate. He was an Ohio State wide receivers coach. Okay, go, Al- go to the list first, and then we'll then we'll, okay. we'll cross off like, what, what we've heard throughout the day. Alex Golish, Tennessee offensive coordinator. Al Golden, Notre Dame defensive coordinator. And then we've got a couple of internal candidates in Kerry Coombs, Coleraine High School football coach. I'm sorry. He's the special teams coach and cornerbacks coach. And then Gino Gadouli, Cincinnati legend and the current offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bearcats. Hummer, what say you? All right. So you already mentioned it. One of them we can cross off off the list. Uh, Brian Hartline. You know, I know the joke uh, has been going around where, you know, he, he probably should have, have thanked God for his situation and, you know, said this is all part of God's plan. Uh, my only issue with Brian Hartline is, is his, his lack of, of truth um, in his post, which is not that he's, he's staying at Ohio State, but that he wasn't offered a second interview from what we hear. Um, you know, from cut, what, what, cut at what, the what Zoom rumors. interviews. That's yeah, per Chad Brendel. Per Chad yeah. Brendel. He was cut at the Zoom interview, quite embarrassing. And can I just be honest? Never understood the Brian Hartline hype. All right. He's a wide receivers coach. I guess, you know, he recruited with a huge war chest behind him and he coaches one position. Moving on. Moving on. Uh, let's just get this one out of the way, too, because uh, thankfully, thankfully, there was uh, Al Golden, the initial surge, his name, the quote, Justin Williams, his name has already begun to cool. And I'm going to tell you why it should have been freezing cold from the beginning. It should have never even been brought up. Should have never been discussed. All right. I'm going to stop. I'm not even going to go from when he was a linebacker's coach, you know, nearly 2000. We're going to start Virginia defensive coordinator, right? Then he goes to Temple as a head coach where he does fairly well. And he uses Temple like every head coach does. On the Temple Curve. He did well on the, on temple, the curve. temple Curve. On the Temple Curve. And he makes the jump to Miami head coach where he fails miserably. And then he becomes an NFL journeyman. 
going place to place, being a tight ends coach, a linebackers coach. He played two, you know, he was a linebackers coach with the Bengals for two years uh, before one year defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Uh, this man is Luke Fickle time at Cincinnati removed from being in college recruiting. There is no way this man has as many connections with the schools around here. He should never have been considered. He was, I'm just, his ceiling is so low compared to some of these other candidates that are still out there that I wouldn't like, it's not a, it's not a sexy hire. It's not an exciting hire. It's just, I think you said it perfectly earlier today. It's like the old boys club. It's like he's still part of the old boys club. He, he feels like a good old boy hire potentially. Now I will say this. I want to, I want to shed a few pieces of light on the Al Golden situation. If you were in the Cincy slang and discord server, you heard about Al Golden very early in the much. process, <laughs> way too much, but also way early in the process. Um, we don't do reporting in the Cincy slang and server, but we definitely do rumors. And that rumor was a floating second thing on Al Golden. I have on very good authority that he is a very, very hardworking, diligent, thorough, and in, in, in some people's eyes, excellent coach. He is one of these guys that burns the candle on both ends. He is more thorough in his scouting and apparently in his recruiting historically than just about any other coach. He is an incredibly reliable, just day in, day out coach for any staff. And I think a lot of people that he's worked for in the past would highly recommend him. And so if you, if you've worked without gold in the past, it wouldn't be uncommon for you to say, if I was the idea, I would not hesitate to hire him as my head coach. All of the things that I just, all the words I use to describe Al Golden are exactly the reason though I would not want Al Golden as a head coach. He's a workhorse. He's an employee. He's someone you want badly on your staff. So on Marcus Freeman's Notre Dame team as a defensive coordinator, I imagine Al Golden makes a hell of a lot of sense. He's going to be scouting nonstop. He probably hits the recruiting trail hard. He's, he's going to work extremely hard for you. But does he have a CEO mentality? Does he have the ability to delegate and empower others? Or is he just someone you would rather have as sort of that individual contributor? My vibe, based on hearing feedback about Al Golden, is this is more of an individual contributor. This is a guy who is better fit as an assistant coach. So I'm happy to hear from Justin Williams reporting that, that he's someone who is cooling down in this process. All right. Who else has uh, cooled down in this process? I think we heard that Mo uh, Ling Linguist from Buffalo, I think this is also per, per Chad Brendel, did not make it out of the, the Zoom interview phase. Um, but some talk, some people who are very much in the running that we're hearing. Sean Lewis. Is Gino Gadulli? Is he considered in the running, or is it? Are we are we dismissing him? How do we? How what is the official since he's slang in position on this? So Gino Gadulli is very much in the running still. Okay. I would have said going into the process, I didn't think he had a great shot. I thought it was going to be an uphill battle for him, given the inexperience as you know an offensive coordinator, just one year, and you know it's not robust experience outside of that. He's been at UC for a long time, but he's a UC hero. He's a great, great, great recruiter. Recruiter, He is, I think he's a high potential coach. I mean, he's still a young guy. So he's he's kind of risen, I guess, in this process. And he's very much a real candidate. To me, I, I was going to say, I feel like he he has that kind of like next coach vibe because he's a, he's a one-year coordinator. 
right? And he's still, it's still young. And, you know, we're, we're, we are to the point where even Sean Lewis seems a little five, 10 years ago ish for what we should have been looking for out of a head coach, you know, and, and giving like Gino Gadulli, you know, has an, a, a coordinator role now for one year is basically one notch up above all of our issues that we have with Brian Hartline, you know, being like, okay, who are you bringing in as your offensive coordinator? Who are you bringing into these positions? What is going to be your game plan? And like you said, that have you developed that CEO mentality to be able to run this thing top to bottom? And that part is where I'm not sure if it's if we're willing to just take that risk because that right now what Gino Gadulli brings to you is okay. There is a risk that he doesn't succeed right off the bat, and it takes a while. But you know he's not. He's probably not going to leave. That's what people are probably like. Yeah, let's do it. He's not going to leave. He's a Cincinnati guy through and through family here, born here, raised here, played here. Great. Why don't we let him go get the, the offensive coordinator experience that he needs, whether it's here underneath the new coach, whether it's in Wisconsin, if he's following Luke fickle or whether it's in USC, I don't know, wherever he may go, but bring him back in after he's had a few more years and a little bit more experience. Cause I, I just don't, I don't see it right now being the type of risk that and type the hire that, that we should be making. I definitely agree with you. I think if we're, I don't want to necessarily microanalyze every candidate, but what's, what's come to fruition. I only want to do it on the, on the big ones that we know that are kind of, of course, no, on the big ones for sure. But I kind of wanted to take a step back and look at this as John Cunningham is notoriously close to the vest on, on the coach hiring front. And we learned this when he had to hire a new basketball coach. I don't, follow hot boards religiously, but they were fluctuating regularly. You saw candidate lists evolving regularly. There were moments where, you know, Eric Martin was the supposed next coach. And then all of a sudden, no, it's actually going to be Wes Miller. And, and here he is like, he, he rose on the hot board very, very late in the process. His name was not front and center throughout it. And I think what you've seen the last, 36 to 48 hours is that there is a vacuum of information. I think that Justin Williams does a lot of incredible reporting for UC. I think that Chad Brenda was someone who is well-connected in the UC community. I think these guys are even struggling to know exactly where John Cunningham's head is at. And because of that, it's left this vacuum for information for, for good and bad information to pollute the Twitter, the Twitter sphere to pollute message boards, to pollute radio airwaves and podcasts. Like we're doing the same thing and we're going wild about Deion Sanders when we have no idea if he's even a real candidate or if we're going to go out hard enough after him. And so I think right now when Justin Williams releases this new list and the favorites appear to be Alex Golish, Sean Lewis, Gino Gadouli, I think the fan base and I won't even speak for them all. I read that list and was underwhelmed. I thought, wow, when I talked to, to Steve from Viva La Cats and Justin and Hummer, the day of Fickle's departure, our, in our head, we thought, hey, we're entering the Big 12. We are, we are financially better off than we have been ever as a program. We are coming off a playoff appearance two years ago. We barely missed out on an American athletic championship game this year. There's a lot of talent in the pipelines on the current roster and in the recruiting class, even though we knew it would be unstable. 
this is going to be an extremely attractive job and we don't just have to go at go at this like we did in 2016 where we're looking at like the next big coach and we're making a bet a risky bet on an up and coming assistant or low level head coach and instead the, the coaching search looks weirdly familiar to how we would have approached it when we were in the American Athletic Conference do you think there's something to that I do think there's something to it and and it's it's interesting now like I just had a, a thought pop into my head could it just be that this is a coaching cycle where there's just not a lot out there last last year we had a ton of turnover uh among the big power five conferences so a lot of you know talent may have already been poached we're like who in the american athletic conference so right let's let's look at it this way who comes and poaches our coaches current power five schools where do they come to poach they come to the american athletic who in the american athletic conference do we want to poach from (laughs) We, we joked about willie fritz right no no thank you uh, I'm not touching anybody at, at ECU. God fucking pirates. Um, you nine, know, like, but nine dollars. Yeah, you gonna say nine dollars? I got the spreadsheet. Um, but you get what I'm. You get what I'm saying. Like, where where are we gonna go to find this coach that's gonna come here? That's in that next year. Because like, if we're if we're looking at like Mac, right? You know, they're low below Mac, probably or tied Conference USA, then Amer- American Athletic, and then power five and maybe whack. But if you're a whack coach, you're probably not a fit out here anyway, because you do need local recruiting ties. So exactly. Exactly. You, that's a great point. There's not a natural fit. There's no one we want to steal from in the American athletic, a tier below that is the Mac. Our fan base is, is up in arms to even consider a Mac coach. We need to talk more about Sean Lewis. He seems to be to rising fast in these rankings, but it, I think you make a great point about the cycle and there's just not an obvious candidate outside of Deion Sanders to me and you and a lot of people, Deion Sanders was a home run and he was, he is the big name candidate in this coaching cycle, but it doesn't seem like there's a ton of interest on our side. There's not a lot of reason for us to believe that. So I'm not going to keep beating a dead horse at this point, but once you move past, can I quote the the great Justin Williams on that? Sorry, folks. I have no substantial evidence that Cincinnati is in the Deion Sanders sweepstakes aside from his industrious attendee at the UC men's basketball game Wednesday night. Fantastic shirt. <laughs> um, I'm just, I just want to, I just want to quote that because of what you said earlier when we're talking about the information vacuum. There could be a small chance that this is part of that information vacuum that we just don't know. Right? Like, we just don't know. It's kind of like that Wes Miller. He came, he, he came kind of out of nowhere. He was on no one's radar. Not a single person was talking about him in UC in Cincinnati media. So I'm throwing the Inquirer out there. I'm throwing Athletic. I'm throwing BCJ. No one was talking about him until late in the process. And right now we're in the middle of the process. We know a decision is not going to be made till Saturday. So we'll probably start getting you know signs of smoke Friday night. Saturday morning, but we probably won't even have an announcement till, till Sunday. Yeah, it's a great point. You put a bow on it right there with information vacuum leads to a lot of BS and panic and hysteria. We're part of it. We definitely are part of the hysteria as well. Um, it's ebbing and flowing, right? Like it, it's a pendulum. It's a, we're going up, we're going down I'll, at times. I'm like, we're totally fine. John Cunningham's got this. What am I worried about? And then there's other times I'm calling you and 
barely working throughout the day and thinking like, what, what's going on? Is this really the list of candidates? This is the best we can do. How is this happening? That's sort of the, the state of emotion, the state of flux right now for Cincinnati Bearcat fans. But I do think if this podcast is meant to do anything, it is meant to meant for you to find some peace in the fact that nobody really knows. Nobody really knows right now. Who's the favorite. Who's the most likely to be hired. Are there other candidates in play here? Most people are not getting their information. I would say a lot of reporters are not getting their information directly from John Cunningham. They're getting their information by going a from friend one of con- a friend, a friend who of works a friend, in the athletic department who saw a plane oh, or at a different university, like a Kent state con. <laughs> hey, I know a guy at yeah. Kent state and I do know that Sean Lewis is, is a player in some sort for this UC job. Right. So you just don't know if we're missing something on from poaching a, a bigger coach from a bigger school or a more established coach or a less volatile coach. Sean Lewis, we should talk about a little bit. You look at the record at Kent State, it is not impressive on its face. It's a losing record. I think memory says it's it's 24 and 31. He's someone that is young. A lot of his experience as a coach has come at G5 programs as assistants. Before taking the head coaching job at Kent State, he was the offensive coordinator slash quarterbacks coach, I believe, at Syracuse when they were kind of at peak Syracuse, whatever that looked like. But the, the catch with Sean Lewis, aside from the fact that he is six, seven and has an incredible beard, which I can't get over. Like that is something that to me is a pro. Those are both pro for Sean Lewis, six, seven, amazing beard. He has had a lot of really tough matchups against power five programs, close losses this year, this year he took Georgia. He put Georgia on the ropes, which was a very interesting game earlier in the season and offensively, he is known very much as an offensive guru. His schemes, based on Seth Varnador, if you watch his YouTube video, uh, shout out to Eric Lilly for, for sharing that. He's someone that is known as a great schemer, as someone who is going to, his offenses are going to score points. They're going to be prolific. And he's doing it with very mediocre to substandard talent at Kent State. And that's not a school you're going to consistently recruit to. I don't necessarily know how it looks from a recruiting standpoint, how is this guy going to be able to jump from Kent state to the big 12 at Cincinnati and, and kind of re- have that recruiting pipeline. I'm less convinced there, but schematically he is, he is an impressive coach, but who can he bring on the staff? What is the recruiting? Like there's so many question marks. You can't convince me that he's not a risky coach. It feels like a risky hire, but I am at least intrigued by what he might bring to the table Offense-wise, we've been very pedestrian on offense under Luke Fickle, mostly conservative, and it would be interesting to go to the Big 12 with a coach who's aggressive, will get it downfield, will open things up a little bit more, and put some points on the board. Yeah, and with the the lack of names that we, we kind of see on the list, you know, we at least do want a guy that has a high ceiling. You know, we don't want to put limitations on – you know, on, on what we're bringing in. We want someone who can surprise us in the way that Luke Fickle was a surprise to many. Um, we don't want to bring in a guy who's going to surprise us like Tommy Tuberville, who was washed. Uh, and so, no, I'm, I'm willing, like, if, if they're going that route, you know, Sean Lewis, I'll, I'll, I can get behind it. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say, I think this is a home run because I don't know. 
I don't know what's going to happen with Sean Lewis, but you know, well, you can't, I, I can get, I can get behind it. If, if that's what the route they were going to go is the young, you know, guru coach. It's going to be hard for you to hire for Cunningham to hire a coach. I can't get behind. I think there is an example. We mentioned him earlier in the podcast, Al Golden, yeah. Al Golden would be very, very tough. Like that's going to be a struggle. I'm going to get behind just about anybody. I have a hard time with Kerry Combs too. Not going to lie. Yeah, that would be tough. Sean Lewis. It, it, would, it's not nothing against Kerry Combs. It's just he's what in mid sixties. He's already been around everywhere. He hasn't been offered a head coaching job in college that we know of. And you know, that's just, it's just not what I'm not really, not really here for that. You know, the, the old high school coach takes over the university co- university job. Yeah. I'm not into it at all. I think that there's, there's folks who have told me that Deion Sanders is the kind of hire that gets, gets an AD fired. He's risky. He wants so much control that, and he, it brings so much attention to the decision to bring him aboard that he's the kind of, kind of coach that, that will get an AD fired. I, I hear you say that. I hear people say that to me. And then I say, okay, as you enter the big 12, is Sean Lewis not the kind of coach that potentially gets you fired? Because to me, that's more risky. It's more unknown and it's harder. You're not going to have instant fan base excitement from that. You're not getting fan base excitement equity from hiring Sean Lewis. You're not going to walk away from it saying, man, that was a home run. I can't believe we got him. No, you're going to say, wow. You are putting your name on this one, John Cunningham. Like you believe in this guy. You are convinced that he is the next big thing. And I am certainly willing to give it the benefit of the doubt and give it a try, but it's by no means a slam dunk. And so I think it's important to note, like that's, that's a putting your name and reputation on it type of hire. When you, when you choose to go with a guy who's making a jump from Kent state, 400 grand a year to a job at Cincinnati that was paying the last guy 5 million a year. I mean, all excellent points. We've we talked about this this earlier with with a guy like Dion. Let's be real, right? Let's look at what we're probably going to get. You bring him in, you know his cachet. People talk about this in the media all the time that he is, from a recruiting standpoint, going to be competing with not just like Ohio State. No, no, he's going to be competing against the Kirby Smarts. He's going to be competing against Savins, where he goes to a recruit who's thinking about going to Alabama, and he says. You sure you want to play for Saban? You want to come play for primetime, right? Boom. You have a great recruiting class. He might be here three years. Saban retires. Alabama picks him up. Who knows what will happen? My point is, if he's a flash in the pan and he and he flames out after three years, it's happened to this university before, and we bounced right back. Here's the key. He's going to have brought talent in. We know that. So the next guy picking up the pieces after him will be working with a loaded roster of talent even if some of it transfers away look at luke fickle yeah you know, look at the guys that he got to kind of take 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 that up and and lift that that talent out of out of the drain of toby tuberville so i think that honestly Deion sanders was probably would be a less risky hire than someone like lewis where if he does not happen if he doesn't pan out at this level if it doesn't work for him at cincinnati it's going to be harder probably for the next guy to come in because where are we going to go? Are we going to be able to turn around and we're not going to have the name brand that we built up this equity that we built up right now being this program's at an all time high. It'll have gone to a lower level to a point where we are now coming back to the areas where we don't want to go to, which is finding another Mac level coach like we're doing now. 
And that's my only gripe. And I don't want to harp on Deion Sanders because I freaking am obsessed with the idea of having him here. Like we I could talk about, about it for, it's so uh, to me, like, it's so, it's so exciting. Like I would just, you couldn't do something more exciting for Cincinnati Bearcat sports right now than hire that guy. I'm disappointed where it sounds like we're not actually going after him aggressively. I think there's, Look, there's ego in these positions, Hummer. You have to be, you have to really believe in yourself. You have to be cutthroat. You have to be someone who is who's confident in your in your abilities as a decision maker to get to the level of John Cunningham. But it's it's undeniable that ego is involved sometimes. And Deion Sanders does require of hiring Deion Sanders requires a level of humility because he is an absolute force, a force of personality someone who is going to want and demand a lot of control and you have to be humble enough to give up some of that control. And it's, that's not easy for a lot of people. It's not easy for a lot of people in the position of, of John Cunningham. Do I think he should be willing to have that humility and be willing to, to take the risk on a guy who's whose brand is big enough to justify the type of control and power that he wants? Yes, you should. Because again, the Enquirer podcast is one of the most reputable college college football podcasts out there is telling you that when Dion goes into a room, he's recruiting on a level, not of Ryan day. He's recruiting on a level of Nick Saban and Kirby smart. That is someone you see control to. That is someone that you take, you take the flyer on because it's a game changing. It's a conversation changing hire for your university. It's not a guarantee of, of outright success or a national championship, but to me, it's it's a no-brainer decision. So it's disappointing. We'll end up getting the reporting from Justin Williams on what the process looked like and who we talked to. And maybe he didn't want Cincinnati at all. Maybe Colorado was was always the, the fit for him. Or maybe it's South Florida, wherever he ends up. But we'll, we'll end up getting the recap. And here we are doing the Deion Sanders thing again. But I just thought it was important <laughs> to, to that's where explain why. You. That's, that's how powerful he is, though. That's the gravity, right? Like, I picture it day one. Right. He, he does this. Everybody's joking about he's going to, is he going to do the hat thing? You know, the three hats, South Florida, Cincinnati, he picks up the Cincinnati hat, but what people don't see is on the side of the hat, it says Kroger because Kroger's already funneling NIL money because they want to be seen next to prime time and they're just funneling money in. And then on top of that, Deion Sanders can well, like the, just, it's like the money will just end up following him simply because he's going to walk into recruits and be like, guys, I'm prime time. No one knows how to sell their brand better than I do. Let me show you how. B Fox would have a, to we hire. We don't need B- Rain since he reigns to get the NIL money. The, the players will go out and get it directly. They'll be using B Fox as an agent instead of using him as an NIL source. B Fox would be hiring multiple accountants to count all of the money that would be flowing into since he reigns post Dion. I know not everybody feels that way. Attention doesn't always equal money. Uh, the conversation doesn't equal money. Sometimes it does, though. And in Dion, I rarely, rarely do I associate Dion Sanders with lack of money. In fact, it's the opposite. Where Dion is, there's usually a lot of money involved. And in college sports, that's a damn good thing. And so it's we'll see what happens. We'll see how it plays out, Hummer. Trust, I do think Bearcat fans do need to trust the process a little bit here. If you're someone who's thinking about this, like John Cunningham can make a hire that kills UC football, you're doing it wrong. He can't. There's not something that can happen right now that's killing UC football. It's moving to the Big 12. It's in a better position than ever. You can swing and a miss miss on a coaching hire and be okay and recover from it. I'd rather not. I'd rather we nail this. I'd rather we keep the momentum going 
and taking this program to heights that Luke Fickle couldn't even fathom. That's what I want to see happen. I think John Cunningham still has the chance to pull it off, but it is an interesting week for Bearcat fans as we weirdly follow along without really much of an idea as to what that man is thinking. I know. Shouldn't he have like a different job where he's like entrusted with our national secrets? Like, isn't that what John Cunningham should be doing? Like, cause that man knows how to, he can keep a coaching secret better than Apple can take a feature secret on the iPhone. He would have been a hell of a CIA agent, but Hammer, <laughs> let's leave it there. I wanted to keep this to be a quick hitting podcast folks. We're following along with you. I can't wait to see what happens this weekend, who the final, the final selection is who John Cunningham gives that rose to. In the meantime, follow us along on Twitter and then make sure you're joining that discord chat. It is full of good conversation, jokes, and sometimes the occasional scoop. Cheers. Cheers.